This is CliffCentral.com. On radio. On radio. More of the good stuff. CliffCentral.com. Hello, 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 hello. It's Tuesday. I'm back in studio. Um, I actually, apparently this is like riding a bicycle. I'm not sure it is. Uh, I don't know what's going on. I'm staring at uh, this big desk with all these buttons and um, little things to thing. And I, I just need to refocus and <laughs> get involved with the program. This is the good stuff on Cliff Central. Um, I took a bit of a sabbatical. I took a bit of a production break. Um, I felt it was necessary. The show is three years young and I wanted to get re-inspired. I wanted to find some stuff to sort of just re-inspire me and, and bring a newer, better show to the listeners. So I hope the listeners are all tuning in. I hope you haven't all run away because I've been away. But I am back. This is still the good stuff. Cliff Central's very own happy hour with myself, Brent Lindeku, the good things guy. And right next to me, she has gone nowhere. She's actually been sitting here every week pining for me. It's Kerry, the good news girl. Staring at the wall... Hoping for good things. You were literally staring at the wall for 10 no, weeks. No, actually, by default, I also had to go on a 10-week sabbatical of inspiration. What did you get up to? I've been doing lots of stuff. Back in my charity stuff. Now it's coming up to Christmas. Keeping up with the times. Watching shows. I feel like, I feel like you saying that you, um, that you're doing charity stuff and Christmas is around the corner makes me feel ill because we're in October, yes, which means the, the, the end of the year is like two I think months there are away. about 10 Fridays until Christmas. Man alive. Which means charity is going to be on fire. Well, it, it is already, right? It There's a lot already. of stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff that you're involved with. We'll get into that now. Um, every week we bring you... An incredible show, and and like I said, I've I, I took this break to try and get a little bit of inspiration so that we could be better because it's all about being better. And um, today, welcome back! I'm so excited. <laughs> I did miss you, Kay. I missed the studio. I missed everything about Cliff Central. I missed my Cliff Central family. Um, today we're going to be doing a catch up just to see sort of where you are, where mm. I am, what's been cracking. We're going to bring you the only trending good news chart show in South Africa. Yes. Because there's some good stuff happening there's in There's a country. lot. There is a lot. So we're going to go through a little bit of that. And then uh, I'm going to be speaking about <laughs> about a little project um, that my fiancé and I were recently involved in and kind of still involved in. We're just sort of waiting to see what happens next. He's being modest. It's not little. My Kitchen Rules uh, is a South African reality show that we somehow entered <laughs> and um, and they chose us. And, and last week we cooked for, we created a restaurant in our flippin' house. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the top chefs in the country, David Higgs from Marble, ate our food. I would platz myself. And also Jay something. <laughs> Jay yes. something. One of the best home cooks in South Africa. No pressure, guys. No well, pressure. No, there was pressure. But we're going to get into that in a little bit. I also want to take your questions. Uh, if you guys have any questions about the show, about what Andrew and I have been up to, we're going to get him in studio in a little bit. Uh, you can tweet us at BrendlinDeCue, CliffCentral.com. Uh, Mad Dog SA, Mad Dog underscore SA is Andrew's, um, handles. Or you can give us a call on 0861 or WhatsApp us 079-748-2090. Uh, it's that easy to get involved and we can sort of, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it like, 
It's currently 11 minutes past. So in about 10 minutes, we're going to start speaking about this My Kitchen Rules uh, journey and what sort of we've been on in the past week. It's crazy. It has been a little bit mental. But Kay, what's been happening with you? So tell me a little bit about a charity or something that people can get involved in right now that you're busy with. Well, um, obviously it's coming up for Christmas. So we've got uh, quite a big charity event that's happening in Dipslut. So we're raising, uh, we're raising funds and um, obviously Christmas gifts and food and, uh, you know, the usuals. You, you I mean... You do a lot for charity, and every year Dipslurt is one of your babies. Yes, you got you kind of for so many years. For those that don't know, Dipslurt, uh, Dipslurt, Dip say it like a real listen oh. to my vernac. Dipslurt is an incredibly big um, um, informal settlement. Is it? I mean, they're building houses and stuff now, so it's becoming like a little town. Yes. So, so it's, it is a community. It's a suburb. It's yeah. a suburb in just, just past four ways, mm-hmm. um, but it needs help. And and there's a lot of um, ways that you can help. One of the biggest things over the past couple of weeks that I have seen concentrated on and sort of that has come to the forefront is that we all get overwhelmed mm. by what is happening around us. Yes. Too much poverty. Uh, there's too many kids that need education. There's too many people that need food. There's always too much, too much, too much. And you kind of feel overwhelmed. Mm. You feel like, I can't do that. I can't get involved. I don't have the energy. I don't. It, it's tough. It is. It's it tough. Really is. But here's the reality. You can do small things right now which can create the biggest changes. And I think that's what Kerry does is, as the good news girl, and she's on the show, she gives people platforms to assist in that space. And it definitely adds up. Okay, so it adds up. So you're doing a Christmas party for, I'm guessing, a school in Deep Slurt. Um, it's actually for a church, but okay. they do go to the surrounding. Uh, How many people? Uh, this year will be about 350. 350 people. Yes. And what what do you do at a Christmas party? Well, generally, what happens is we arrive and we've got uh, service providers that come in, different ones from from different areas, and uh, they entertain the kids. Um, and all the people that are there because, I mean, they range from, from toddler up to teenagers. Um, we entertain them. They have jumping castles. We have activities for them to do. Uh, they do get uh, a little bit of a, um, you know, there is a, not a presentation, but in, in this case, because it's a church, uh, it's a little bit of a sermon. But it will be because it's yes. Christmas, right? Yeah, so definitely. you're celebrating whatever the religion is. Mm. Um, you'd be celebrating that. And um, the children come together, then we eat and we play and they get their gifts. And it's, I mean, it's a good few hours that we spend with them. Okay. So and then also um, for the parents, we give them food hampers as well. Okay. So we started off by saying, and, and then th- this is why we set it up this way, mm. is that we sometimes get overwhelmed by thinking, oh, it's too hard and I don't have the time <laughs> and I don't have the money and I, I, ju- I just don't. And oh, there's too many people that need help. But you could possibly get involved in this in the smallest way. So tell me, Kerry, yes. what is the smallest thing that someone could do to assist right now? They could spring clean their cupboards. Yeah, but then what? You, and spr- then you spring clean your cupboard they, and what? The fairies come and, come and take yes, the things away? Yes, I am away. the fairy. You are the fairy. <laughs> so you spring I thought clean, I was the fairy. This is going, this is, I don't cupboard. know where this is going. So um, if you haven't worn an item of clothing for six months, okay, uh, that item of clothing could clothe somebody else who has no clothes. So that includes... That's you. another thing, eh? A society, we collect a lot of cuck. No, we really do. We really do. Yeah. So if you haven't worn it for six months, donate it. Donate so it. So put it into the donation corner, and that goes for anything that you have. 
uh, in your house, so your kitchen, your home, furniture. If your ch- I mean your children's toys as well. What is a nice thing? Uh, what is what is a nice activity? Would you, you come do? collect it? Yes, I would. You'd come collect personally. it personally, or if you want to. I mean, I can speak to management here, and and maybe we can, we can do have a collection point. Look at us working together. I know. Back in studio for <laughs> just ten seconds, and we're already going. Come on, man, <laughs> we can make this happen. And you know what? Every every little bit helps. And there is definitely a family out there that can benefit from, I mean, someone, someone's junk is someone else's treasure. Well, that's it. Kerry's going to get involved, and that's the simplest way that you can get involved by spring cleaning your cupboards. Uh, if you want to get hold of Kerry, you can tweet us at cliffcentral.com or Kerry Steinstein. I don't know. Nick can never pronounce her, her surname. Stein. We don't know how to say it. S-T-E-I-N. <laughs> I am not an enunciator. I'm a radio presenter. I don't need to say surnames properly. Stein. Is it Stein? Stein. I've only known you for like three years. It's okay. Um, okay, so that's sort of what's been going on with me. We'll catch up in a little bit. I do want to get you the good news because that's why we're here, right? Mm-hmm. Is that why we're here? That is why we're here. Hold on. Why are All we here? the time. Do I even have that on my computer anymore? The back, back song. Oh, there it is. All right. So every week we bring you the top five trending good news stories uh, from South Africa and around the world. And these are the things that maybe you didn't know about and that you should, because what we talk about matters when you're sitting around the dinner table or when you're at the water cooler at work, or if you're just texting your friend about that massacre and this has happened, it's, it's reality. And there's many sad things that happen day to day in our lives. But at the same time, I believe in balance and I, sh- I believe that you should be balancing your brain and you should be filling it with good stuff as well. So that's why we do this for you. We find five top trending good news stories. Usually Kerry and I are on the same page because we, we meet the day before and we discuss these things. But today we're going to wing it. Yes, we are. So you've chosen them all by yourself. Definitely. And and it's been audited by no one. No. And it might just be ridiculous. I don't even know what you've chosen. Me neither. I hope it's good. <laughs> I hope it's good news. It's all good news. All right. So start us off with number five. And uh, this is exactly what we were speaking about now. Okay. How 12 rand and one night in the shelter changed one man's life forever. Yenna pizza. I must tell you. Okay. You yes. tell the story, then I'll tell you a story. So this is a story of a qualified psychologist and how he went from having everything to sleeping on the streets of Cape Town. It was a donation of 12 rand and one night in the shelter that changed this man's entire life. It literally saved him. And that is 12 rand. 12 rand. How insane. Patrick um, came from Belgium in the year 2000. He's 48 years old, qualified psychologist, came to South Africa to start a life. He had everything and in one moment it was taken away. So, I must tell you, right, um, I got to visit the Haven Night Shelter last week. Yes. And it was flipping inspirational, like crazy inspirational. Uh, they look after over 1,500 human beings every night. Wow. Every night. And they're all about giving dignity back to the homeless. So, here's, here's how this rolls. If you come to the shelter, they ask you to pay 12 rand a day 12 rand a day that 12 rand gets you breakfast and dinner plus a bed so dinner a bed and breakfast 12 rand because because they they are um they have a lot of people that raise money for them so yes. they got them they got the backing to do it and food donations i'm sure but here's what and food donations yes. but here's what they do that's bigger than that mm. so when you arrive they send you straight 
to go get something to eat? Let me back up a second. If you don't have 12 rand, mm. they'll still take you in if they can. Wow. Because they want to help you. So when you get there, you get a hot meal. Mm. Maybe you haven't eaten in a couple of days. So you get a, you get a hot meal. You get a hot shower. And then before you get your bed, you get a session with a social worker slash psychologist to understand why you are where you are. I have goosebumps. Why you are where you are. They then formulate a plan, a strategy to get you back on your feet. Mm. So it works a couple of ways. They either help you find employment if you can be employed or they get you back to your family slash community of people that can assist you. Because what happens is in the big cities, a lot of people come from the smaller towns looking mm. for work and that work's not there. Yeah. So they try, they try and help you in whatever way possible, right? Yeah. They don't let you live there for the rest of your life. It's not greener pastures. Mm. They try to get you back on your feet. That is that their is main incredible. aim. And here's the scary part. So the story that you're talking about, Patrick. Yes. He's a middle-aged man, mm. 46 white, not going to find work. He's a qualified psychologist. He had everything. Had a job, had an amazing guest house. Life was amazing for him. Mm. And his partner died. Yeah, And after his partner died, the family took all the assets away because it was all in his partner's name. And they stripped him bare. He landed up sleeping in the only thing that he owned, which was his car. And one night, it got broken into and everything of his got stolen. Car got stolen. And he stood with the clothing on his back as a 46-year-old man. After having a great life, a lavish life. The only route he, he felt would get him out was to take his own life, mm. which he tried to. He landed up in the hospital, a little bit of treatment. And after a couple of days, nights, weeks, whatever the timeline was in hospital, they, they sent him on his way after they felt that he was okay. Yeah. And they gave him a pamphlet for the Haven Night Shelter. Sure. 12 rand, a donation by someone else of 12 rand to this Haven Night Shelter saved this man's life. Saved this man's life. I, I don't even know what to say. And the fact that they give you psychological help to understand why you're there. Just incredible. It's that just is, incredible. That is amazing. Because, I mean, it just shows you as well that it doesn't matter where you come from, what you have. At the end of the day, we're all human. A hundred percent. We're all human. human. Yes. Um, we're going to put that story up online so that you can read Patrick's story and sort of, if you can help him any, in any way, right now he is looking for an apartment. The problem that he has is because he's living in a shelter, the tenants, uh, uh, the, what do you call them? The landlords believe that maybe he isn't um, right to own an apartment or to rent an apartment. But he's got a great job and he's trying mm. to get back on his feet. So his story is going to be put up online. What do we have at number four? Stellenbosch students create a mechanism that saves 3,000 liters of water per week. So chemistry students at Stellenbosch University have reduced their water consumption by at least 3,000 liters per week thanks to a mechanism that they developed. 
Um, they were concerned about their laboratory water consumption during the drought in the, uh, the Western Cape. So they developed a mechanism that cools the apparatus and pumps the water back in. So we know how important it is and how it has been, especially over the last two years with droughts in South Africa. And how we, I think we've become a little bit more water wise and more water conscious. Conscious. So this is, I mean, this is amazing. It's a simple cooler box system that provides ice cold water to the apparatus, pumping it from the container being a cooler box right back into it. So the apparatus and the equipment required a lot of water for cooling. Daily it can be a waste of at least 200 liters of water. And now the cooler box holds about 25 liters of water, including ice. Innovation. That's what I we know. need. It's kids. It's the young. It's the youth of South Africa that are making the real changes in this country. We're currently facing the worst drought that I think we've ever seen. And it's innovators like that that will help us in the long run. It definitely is, and especially with something like this. I mean, we have a problem, so a problem in our country, and that's, I mean, it's water, so we really need to do something about it. People can be, everybody can be innovative. Completely. We're going to put that story up online to inspire you to be a little bit more innovative. Uh, Gare. Yes. What do we have at number three? David Ross, patient, shared a final goodbye and urged everyone to live with kindness. Sure. What a man. What a man amongst men. I want you to speak about this because, I mean, personally... This yeah, is, I don't know um, if I can though. <laughs> so Dave, David Ross Patient, you may have seen him on Carte Blanche mm. on Sunday. He, I, I got to meet him. Yeah. My, my fiance Andrew, his, um, best friend, Peter. Mm. It was, it's such a hard word. Was best friends with, um, David Ross Patient. So I got to meet him and, uh, just a man amongst men like really really incredible he's one of the longest surviving aids uh, survivors mm. if you can say it like that and um back when he contracted aids it was called grids uh in 1983 oh, goodness. and he uh he was shunned by his friends his family his community in LA, Los Angeles. He's South African originally. He was living there, sort of working there. Came back to South Africa because something told him that this thing was a lot bigger than him. And he dedicated his whole life to raising awareness in underprivileged areas in Africa. Mm. He traveled. He wrote books. He, he really just, um, just highlighted the education and awareness around AIDS and HIV. And, and he passed away about two weeks ago. His Facebook, uh, every day he was witty and funny and had the most interesting things to say. And when things were tough, he would tell you in the Mm. longest of posts. And he wrote a really, really long piece um, that his partner found and put up 24 hours after he'd passed away. And it was quite long. But I'm going to read you just one piece of it, which I think is so important. He says, my final wish is be kind. Kindness costs nothing. It need not, it need not be a grand gesture, a simple smile while looking someone in the eyes as you pass them in the hall, saying please and thank you, acknowledging that the person in front of you actually exists. If they have a name tag, call them by their name. Be present with that person. The Zulu greeting is Saubona and directly translates, that means, I see you. Don't squander time. You're only a breath away from being a corpse yourself. That's his sense of humor. Mm. It's only when time is running out that you really get its value. Don't wait to tell those you love that you love them. Stop assuming, oh well, they know. Tell them and do so often. Cry until it's funny and laugh yourself to tears. Take off the mask and be vulnerable. Vulnerability is a strength, not a weakness. 
And don't wait too long to find the funny side of any situation, no matter how dark it may be. Mm. Man, Kerry, I love you. I love you too. I feel like <laughs> I don't say that enough, and I'm very thankful for you. Thank so, you, Brent. Um, we're going to put that story up online so that you can read the whole piece, because it is something that I think everybody should read. Uh, he was a very incredible man, very talented man, inspirational. And I think his words could, um, you know, turn your day around today. Uh, put that up online. What do we have at number two? Kerry's now crying, so we just <laughs> need to give her a second, everybody. Okay, I don't know if she's crying so by what I read or if I told her that I love her. Both. I just don't know. Both, both. Give, give us number two. It better be good news. Amarula have officially removed the elephant from their packaging and this is why. What? It's, I know. It's mad. Okay, It so was mad. This brand... Uh, is an alcoholic brand it's in South favorites. Africa. It's my favorite. Amarula? Yes. Amarula and ice cream. Amarula. Uh, just Amarula. Just Amarula. Through a straw. Yeah. Amarula, it's a liqueur, it's creamy, it's delicious, it's South African. And on their bottle, they've got a massive elephant because the elephants eat the Marula tree. Mm. Uh, it all sort of fits into their brand. And they have decided to remove the elephant from their label going forward because the elephants are being removed from our environment. My heart actually dropped. Because that's also one of the best parts. It's the best part of the branding is the elephants because I love elephants as well. So when I saw this, I was like, oh, hyperventilation, what's happening? Please don't take the Amarula away. Why are you taking away the elephant? But they did. They took yeah. away the elephants. And the reason for that is proceeds from every sale will go to saving the elephants and ending ivory trade. Mm. And uh, and that's it. They've removed the elephants off their bottle to prove a flipping point. And I think it is so clever. So clever. I, I think it's amazing. Well, obviously, after after I understood what had happened. Now you got it. Now I've got it. And I think it is brilliant. All right. So brilliant we're going to put that story strategy. up online so that you guys can go read the full story, see the packaging, uh, support it. Even if you don't drink Amarula, there must be a way to donate to the anti-ivory trade and all of that stuff. We're gonna buy put presents. It up online. Buy gifts for people. Buy them Amarula. <laughs> <laughs> what do we have at number one? <laughs> South Africans can conserve their heritage in a quick and easy way. Oh, like a man. These are yes. the, aren't these the heritage bracelets or something? They relate bracelets. Okay. So relate have a new bracelet available that raises funds to conserve our South African heritage. The profits fu- uh, fund the endang- endangered wildlife trust. So when you go into, I mean, when you go shopping, the relate bracelets are everywhere. Yeah. And okay. They support a whole bunch of things. Actually, we're going to get into this, but at the instant restaurant, uh, chef David Higgs, he wears like yellow ones. I don't know what they stand for, but they were peeking out of his, um, his jacket, his jacket just a little bit. He wears a relate bracelet. Mm. I think. I'm going to ask I Andrew t- if he remembers that. Can I tell that. you something about David Higgs? Maybe you don't know. We'll get into that now. No, pause that. Pause that. It's got to do with my good stuff. Okay, go, go, go. He runs charities in Dipslut. What? I'm telling you. As so, well? Yes. You should ask him. Yeah, look. I, I've only spent uh, three restaurants with him. Um, he is a good man. I've got... We've got two more to go. Maybe mm. in those two dinners, I can sort of speak to him about the charity stuff. Yeah. I'll try to sneak it in there. Do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Okay, so the Relate bracelets, uh, they've made this heritage one. Um, I'm sure the details are on the article. All different colors. And you can buy them. You can save our heritage. You can support different causes. Mm. It's all just really good things. We absolutely love the good stuff. That's why we're here. Um, and that's your top five trending good news stories for the week. Uh, we've just gone half past. I am going to be back with Andrew Ross and uh, My Kitchen Rules. South Africa.
Yes, 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 yes. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. That's what we call the show. And uh, you've joined us. And if you've just joined us, we're about to speak a little bit about My Kitchen Rules, MKRSA South Africa, an adventure that myself and my fiance have been on. Um, we were on Sunday night at 6 p.m. Channel 101 on Mnet DSTV. Um, and, you know, we've been cooking up a storm. Andrew. I feel like I should be like I should be. Introducing you. So I, Hi, Brent and Andrew. I, Welcome to the good stuff. So, Hi. so we, Hi. A, Andrew and I, there's Andrew. <laughs> there's Andrew. <laughs> a, Andrew and I've got this thing. Uh, I mean, we've been together for nearly 10 years mm-hmm. and, um, it's this new thing in our relationship where he just doesn't talk. Andrew. <laughs> I think you make up for the both of you. You do. Oh. I don't do quite. <laughs> yeah. No, well, now you're on a radio show, so use your words. I will do I'll this entire him. interview using the medium of interpretive dance. This is not, this is not Twitter. You've got more than <laughs> 140 characters. Okay. We've, we've quadrupled times a million to the power of 10, the amount of words that you have right now. Wow. Okay. So welcome to the good stuff. Um, I, I don't think I've ever had you on the show. No. In three years. Uh, once. Once in three years. Once in three years. And maybe on the other side of the glass. Yeah, you had to stand on the other side. I was uh-huh. like, you can't be in here. No. What are you doing? Um, but welcome to my office. Thank it's you. great to have you here. Love what you've done with the place. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've just upgraded it while I was on a sabbatical. Um, so, you know, I, I put it out there. We've been on this journey. Um, maybe let's unpack what My Kitchen Rules is. So... MKR South Africa, My Kitchen Rules, is a cooking competition. I suppose, I suppose it's at somewhere between come dine with me mm. on the very low end of the scale and MasterChef on the high end of the scale. I reckon mm. it's like 70% towards MasterChef. Um, essentially there are 10 couples. Yes. Um, so we cook in teams and, uh, we're split into two groups. So the first group started six weeks ago. And um, a group of five couples went around each other's houses doing an instant restaurant, as they call it. Yeah, those were um, the Bloom Besties. Uh, what are they called? I don't know. The book, Bruce and Claudia. The book club besties. Yeah. Uh, they, oh, is wow. that Who's Bruce and Claudia? Bruce and Claudia are a couple that live in Midrand. Ah, I remember them. Yes. Okay, I remember them. Um, and then there was uh, an Afrikaans uh, mother and daughter. Lonnie and Lizelle. From the farm. From Craddock. They're from the farm. They so, live on the farm. They do. So both as you've gone along, these people have obviously just fallen off. We so, haven't met no. them. So what happens, what happens is that, that first group of five is totally independent to the second group of five. So first, oh, group, wow. of, first group of five do to, uh, do a restaurant at each other's houses. We've mm-hmm. just seen on TV, really. Yeah. The judges, David Higgs and Jay something mm-hmm. from Mikasa, they come along as well and they judge the food and the other contestants judge your food and they cook like slaves in the kitchen basically all day and yes, at, it's tough. at the end of that round of five restaurants the lowest scoring couple are eliminated then you do it all over again with the second group of five and we're in the second group of five so uh, we have been to restaurants so far in Joburg yeah. with a, a, a couple of girls called Chanel and Kerry then we went down to Bloemfontein. To Bloemfontein. To Yemandi and Michiel. To Yemandi and Michiel. And then the last Sunday, we cooked at our house for um, all of the contestants. We did. And after Sunday, I just want to give a, a quick snippet. Um, the G-man, Gareth Cliff and the team, uh, did a very, very like intense 
talk about it yesterday. Uh, I'm not going to play the whole thing because I want you to go download the actual podlet. But I'll just play you the beginning so we can sort of see what they were harping on about. Um, this is what the team think of us. Hold on. What's going on here? I need to learn how to push play on these things again. Kerry? It's okay. It's like talk? riding a bike. Did anyone watch uh, Brendan Q on My Kitchen Rules last night? Yes, yes. I did. I watched TV for the first time in a long time. I did too. And okay, we've so got we to talk. We've got to talk about this. Yeah, we all set our alarm clocks because I was like, "Oh, where do you start?" I, mean, I, I had I, to go home and make it home by six. Look, I'm going to say something horrible, so you go first. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought I thought Brent and Andrew did a really good job. Oh, they yeah, seem yeah. to have gone to all the trouble. They knocked it out of the park. They had blankets made for the back of everyone's chairs. Mm. They they had uh, this this restaurant logo done. I mean, they really went to town. And they, they came across on TV as they are in real life, which is quite something. As for other people, though, Ooh, what like a who? bunch of revolting people. The BFFs? I, oh, I, I, okay, I, looked, so I looked around and I was like... bitches? <laughs> I, you know, I looked around in that show. I know it like is produced and they push some, some, some things here and there, but yeah. they just seemed like revolting people. Well, they all... I mean, everyone around that table, I looked at them, all right. Okay, I'm going to stop it there because it does get a pretty pretty intense and this is the good stuff. Yes. So if you want to, if you want to hear Gareth's, uh, Gareth and the team, Ben Kopinski, Sia, they all sort of break down what they watched. And I think it's an interesting thing to listen to, but it is also like 12 minutes long. So we can't go into that. Exactly. Can't go into that. But yeah, so we had our first instant restaurant. Um, our first, we cooked in our instant restaurant and. Well, it is kind of like your instant, you guys cook. Sure. Carrie, All the time. It was. You even renovated your kitchen it was so that tough. you could entertain and cook. No, man, that was like a year ago. No, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm saying your house is like a restaurant permanently. That's yeah, what I'm we saying. have a lot of people over and we enjoy cooking. Yeah, we often do like 25, exactly. 30 people over for a Sunday, yes. Sunday. There's nothing and wrong with that. And you put pictures up of this amazing food in your amazing kitchen, and I'm like, you cooked for. How many people? Ten. It's different. So, it is different so cooking, cooking for your family yes. when you have like family over yeah. and it's, it's, it's very different to cooking for other contestants and judges. Competition. Competition. Mm. And when there's a deadline and there's all these things that it's a bit unnatural. The time, the time is scary. When you're, ha- when you're cooking Sunday lunch for mm. your family and you go, exactly. guys, food's going to be served at like, Around about like lunchtime, yeah. and everybody's like, "Cool, lunchtime could be anywhere from one p.m. to, to five three. p.m. <laughs> like it could happen in any of that given time." Yes. And if lunch happens at half of six, then it's still okay. Like, it's like, "Oh, the chips were great, exactly. so it was a lack of early dinner." Yeah. Whereas you can't with with my kitchen rules. Um, you've got a time to stick to. I think there's another thing as well. You don't have friends around the table. You have people whose strategy is to judge you. <gasps> they. They're not your mates. They're not that you haven't drunk with do they them pretend to in be? pubs. Some of them do. Oh. Um, that, well, their other face is doing something else. Um, but they, <laughs> they, um, they absolutely are there to form an opinion and to judge you. And so it's a very different dynamic. It really is. It's, it, it was tough. Sunday was tough. So after the show, um, I, I put it out there to our listeners and to the followers to basically ask us a bunch of questions. And, I mean, you're keen for questions. Yeah, let's go. You're keen for questions. Can I ask the first one? So, we'll, we'll, we'll get Kerry to ask the first one. Kerry, go. What inspired you to do this? I didn't even know this thing existed. 
Where on earth did you hear about it and what inspired you to do this together? Take it away, Mr. Ross. So, no, so we've been following the Australian uh, one, which has been on MNET for about a year now. They've mm. shown two seasons. And um, I'm a fan of cooking. I love cooking. I don't mind rustling up the odd meal here <laughs> or there. Rustling is... up. I like the way you... Uh... And <laughs> No, it was one of those weird things where you know that you enter something knowing that you're never going to get in. Like... It's like it's like playing the lottery, right? You do it, but you're like, I'm never actually going to win. There was never a genuine bone in my body that thought we would get through to the, the next round. So we went through the audition process, and then they came back. Did and a lot went, of people audition? Yeah, they did. They held open auditions in Cape Town and Durban, oh, and wow. whatever. Kerry, there were thousands, yeah. and then, thousands, thousands. And then we like got a call from someone don't even know, going, "Oh yes." Uh, Answer some questions and then we got please come over and do some interviews and then we got well we want to come to your home and film you cooking something you've got 30 minutes and even then we still were very not blasé just no, very non-committal about sense. the whole thing you've been so quiet about everything it don't make sense now it's falling into place okay carry on and then it was that weird surreal we were actually overseas we were in scotland and uh the day we were packing our bags i'll never forget it the day we were packing our bags to leave for the airport to fly back to south africa uh from a, a, a family holiday that uh, that we took we got the, the the call from the producers going you're in and it was like <laughs> i'm not sure i know what that means can no, i process is, that and get what back you, what, to what is, i don't understand i am i am in scotland if that's what you wanted to know that's where i am uh yeah so so uh, i love cooking brent loves cooking we entertaining we haven't done a massive amount of cooking together mm. as a team um but that was sort of how we got that into was, it was that a relationship test I think so. Yeah. I definitely think that uh being in the kitchen um and the cooking pressure. yeah that instant restaurant thing was hectic and just the pressure that's there and you want to deliver and you want to do your best and you got your you got your best person next to you but you don't want to let yourself down you don't want to let them down it's tough. Mm-hmm. So I've got to tell you that I've organized like stadium environments around the world yes. in like three countries yeah. simultaneously. This was mentally tougher. I've never put myself and Brent under so much pressure. You are so it's a, vulnerable it's a as very well. strange, like weird emotional space you're in as well as physical. And it's a long day. I mean, it's a, it really is a lot of time that and effort so to get these three course meals done. So we have a question from Brian. Hello, Brian. Uh, Brian wants to know, is cooking together stressful or fun? Fun. I'd say fun as well. No, so I, I think it's a very stressful environment, and I, th- I think if you don't know your cooking partner really well, um, I think we spoke about what was it, Lani and Lizelle? Hey, they're mother and daughter, isn't it? They're the mother. They the ones that live on the farm. Um, Yamani and Michiel, who come from Bloemfontein, they're they're a husband and wife. Um, they're in our group. Um, I think you need that connection. It's cooking is a dance. Yes, it really and, is. You need to flow. And I think you've got to have that rhythm. Mm. Uh, and you've got to get each other. And 80% of this, certainly from our experience in our instant restaurant, 80% of this is moving around each other and, and, and doing things without having to ask. And yes. so no, I think, I think it, it definitely, it's stressful, but I think it's fantastic. Uh, Robin wants to know, of all the recipes in your arsenal, how did you decide which one to use in your mm, instant restaurant? That's a good one. So we, 
we decided to go with food that we've always cooked. I think mm. that's the first thing. Uh, under the stress and the pressure that we thought we would be under, which definitely happened, we didn't want to try and be something we're not. We cook, we cook, and I, I have an absolute fascination with with the food journey of South Africa. I don't think we celebrate South African food enough. And I also think that there's this massive mystery around how difficult, and I'm using that word in inverted commas, it is to cook. It really isn't. Mm. It's not difficult to get home, take 10 ingredients Slap out of the pantry, and slump something yeah. relatively good together. It doesn't need to be this massively intimidating thing. Mm. So if you actually look at our menu of what we cooked, it's not difficult. It's pork belly. It's um, some pulled beef on rosties, which is potato, yeah, and it's a cheesecake. Do you think it's more about presentation? Both. So I, I, I am trivializing the menu slightly. You, you know, are trivializing. Everything has got yeah. ten layers to it. It's and very tough to get everything. I mean, I sat um, for one stage for about forty-five minutes, uh, deep frying basil leaves. For garnish. Correct. But, and that's the stuff that elevates it. But at its heart, our menu that we served in our restaurant can we just go was ba- food we made. Can we go back? I spent like 45 minutes deep frying basil leaves for <laughs> garnish. I spent, and that's not dedication, then I don't I spent two and a half hours basil leaves. Uh, pressure cooking, then smoking, then compressing, then frying, then baking pork belly. Yeah. You know. But pork oh, belly, look, pork belly was delicious. But pork belly is such an easy meat to cook with. This is the point. Yes. It's not complicated. It's easy to cook with when you're not smoking it and pressure cooking it and yeah. um, frying the crackling. I mean, there were all different elements. I just want to go back to the starters. We've got a message here from uh, Sarah. Yeah. Sarah wants to know how could you save the beef so it wasn't so tough. So if you do, if you didn't watch the show on <laughs> Sunday. We got a different type of beef. Um, the butcher gave us Wagyu, which we thought would be amazing because Wagyu is a better meat. It's got better marbling in it. And I cocked it up. You didn't cock it up. I cocked it up. Okay, maybe you cocked it up. Because you, you cooked the meat. So, yeah. That was, so, your, that so was your job. I normally... You had one job. I normally cook... <laughs> one job, Andrew. One job. So, pulled beef I normally do in the oven, pour in some uh, red wine around it, chuck in some onions, some stock, put in some... Uh, Leeks, uh, some celery, whatever, cover it in foil and literally boil it down till it falls off the bone. We didn't have time for that. So I used the pressure cooker. My mistake was I didn't put enough liquid in the pressure cooker and I didn't cook the brisket for long enough. So it came pressure out. Pressure cookers are scary. Okay. So it just came out <laughs> tough. It came out tough. And the problem with the pressure cooker is once you've broken the you seal, you, it's another half an hour to get back yeah. into pressure. So the, the beef was, uh, not my finest moment. It was edible. It, it just wasn't amazing. And, uh, I saved it with a sauce. I made a massive, very rich stock to go around it and use very small portions. So I saved it to a degree, but it wasn't what it should have been. Mm. It is what it is. You've only got one, one, one chance at it. One yeah. take. And as every chef will tell you, including David Higgs, um, that, uh, every day in the kitchen is different. Yeah. Every chef in the world has bad days. Yes. And, uh, we just didn't do the dish right. It's, uh, entirely my fault. So, uh, Terry's just asked, and, and again, if you didn't watch the show, you better watch the show, because it's pretty damn interesting. Terry wanted to know, where can we get the wine, water, and the seeds? It'll make awesome Christmas gifts while giving back. So, Andrew and oh, I- I'm with you. Andrew, I had no idea what you're talking about. Andrew and I decided <laughs> to do, um, to just show people how easy it is to give back without having to work really, really hard, and we selected specific wines that give back to education, yes. autism. There was a whole bunch of, of different wines that we selected, and let me tell you something. When I was Googling 
sort of what wines do give back, it was quite tricky because people didn't really, they weren't forthcoming about it. It wasn't all online. They couldn't really find it. Um, but I've created a list of those specific wines that we found. And I'll tell you, they're available at whatever bottle store you go to. So I think just going back a step, the restaurant's theme was good vibes. And the overall impression that we wanted to create was that you, it isn't hard work to do good. Um, you can make exactly. clever, conscious mm. decisions and do great things. And that was the point. So all the wine and all the water that we served in the restaurant were linked to charitable elements that simply by drinking a glass of wine, well you were giving back. Yeah. So it was really quick and easy. The water was uh, generosity water. It helps build wells in underprivileged areas. Mm. And we've got a list of that on the Good Things Guy website, but uh, I'll put it up on my Twitter later so you can get hold of it as well. It's not difficult. If you go into your bottle store, you walk in, ask them. Ask them. A lot of the bottles also have other labels. That's like amazing. Pandora's box mm. has yeah. got the Sunflower Fund Correct. label on it. So you know that you're giving back to bone marrow research. It's, it's stuff like that That's that incredible. matters. Yep. Uh, question from Derek. How did you keep the kitchen so clean? Brent? Me. No. <laughs> Are um, you a messy Kitchen. Yes, Brent is such a messy cook. And tidy up behind him all the time. Andrew's really, really messy. <laughs> He's a really messy cook. And during, uh, like, if we're just at home cooking, I generally clean up directly after it. But no. when you're cooking three courses and it's for so many people and it's really busy and there's so many pots you're using, it's quite crazy. Yeah. So I think I, I need to count it properly, but I think I went through 23 dishcloths and cloths to clean. Oh, and wow. All sorts of stuff. Yeah, it was, it was just, I was, it was yeah. mad. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work and your kitchen isn't designed. The size of your kitchen, the size of your counters, the size of your sinks. It's not designed for that many dishes. No. So it, it really was. Your little hard. mini restaurant. But it that's it, right? So, yes. so it was an interesting sort of thing. Uh, Zita wants to know, how difficult is it trying to remain calm without losing your cool, especially when you hear the teams are playing not only strategically, but dirty? And, and I mean, she's asking both of us, but Zisa says, being the good things guy, surely that comes at a price. But for us, we're a team and we're in this together. And, um, you know, we made a choice to get through it together. It was tough. It was. So, but I mean, so we made a deal that our strategy was to be a hundred percent honest. If the deal, if, if the meal put in front of us was crap, we said so. And that doesn't change. When we, when we go for dinner next week, I'm not going to be no. scoring anybody badly because there's now this game that's Correct. being played. We are who we are. And we said it. What, what did you say about integrity? Uh, integrity, you know, I think people uh, have different, Ways that they apparently spell the word, understand mm -hmm. the word, believe the word. You know, for us, Live it. for us, integrity is absolutely everything. everything. We can, we can honestly stand by every comment that mm. we made around the table, uh, at Chanel and Kerry, and we can stand by every comment that we made around the table at Yamandi and Michiel. And for us, that's the most important thing. I would rather lose with integrity than win. By being deceitful. That's 100%. not who we are. That's exactly I what, agree. that's what we said. Um, and it may just be a reality show, but the reality is that a good reputation is far more valuable than the million. And right now we're on the bottom of the leaderboard. We might not make it through. We might get kicked out. And that's okay. And that's okay. We've played a really good game. We haven't played a game. We've gone and had an, an amazing adventure. Correct. Which I think is cool. It's an experience. It's I amazing. Just, I need to say that, like, I'm from the South. Like people must never ever mistake my kindness for weakness. And I'm from Benoni. And you're from Benoni. I can throw wow, knives. Wow, guys. Wow. I can okay. throw knives, not just cut chop with them. 
No, okay. I stand up for what is good and what is right always. No, you are. And I don't let people bully me. I don't stand up to bullies. It's not something that I do. Yeah. I, I don't stand down to bullies. I'll stand up and I'll have my say. If, if I believe in something and I believe in something that's right and good, then I'll stand up and say it. So, so the prize is a million rand. Correct. A flipping million rand! What are you going to do with it? Mm. Uh, we haven't even thought about it. We're at the bottom of the lead. Doesn't matter. Bite size chunks. I'm let's thinking get positive here, okay? Let's get off the bottom I'm first. Yeah, let's get off the bottom first. Uh, oh, Robin wants to know, and also, how do you not throat punch nasty cows? We don't throat punch people. Here we are, Robin. Robin's from the south. Robin's we, from the south. We get a guitar and we sing Kumbaya. No, here's the reality as well. Um, the table and what was said, and I know it's a game. I know there's a million rand there. There's people that wow. are playing things differently. But at the end of the day, every single person around that table is still human. They're still human beings. They've picked strategies, and, and however they want to play the strategy is entirely up to them. I'm not to. I'm not going to to judge people on who they are. This to them is a game. I think the danger is what they don't realize is that the game lives and plays itself out. On TV, Oy. on social media, forever. Everybody in a year can from see now, you. in a year from now, someone could be applying for a, a job, job and Google <gasps> a contestant's name and find online interviews of what these people are saying. We have never put ourselves into that position and never will. No, We're out. playing the game. I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. MKR South out. Africa. I'm out. MKR South Africa is a now, now, tiny boys, piece of our, of our universe. <laughs> yes. And we want to play the game with integrity mm. and with respect for ourselves. And I just want to say, we're not, we're not playing a game. We're on an adventure and we're having a good time. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Candace, Jax, Raquel, Dylan, Sam, Steve, and Cherie. There's about 30 people all want the cheesecake recipe. MKR South Africa website. It's already up and running. Uh, and I think you've already tweeted the link. Yeah, I've tweeted the link. So we got the um, first 10 in the competition. The first 10 out of the 10 in the competition. <laughs> for the cheesecake. For Brent's mum's cheesecake. Apparently, it was the best cheesecake he's ever tasted in the whole country. David ever. Higgs. David Higgs, in one of his secondary... Uh, interviews on, on, on the social Internet media website. on the Internet website says it's one of the best it is, cheesecakes he's ever is. had. Yeah, it's really you know it's such a cool accolade. Um, I enjoy high five. High five. Bluetooth high five. I enjoy baking. I enjoy being in that sort of so environment. Do you make the cheesecake? Yeah, all yeah. I, I love baking. It's something that I really love. And for me, um, my mum. My mom is my biggest hero and she's my rock and she's my Jiminy the cricket that sits on my shoulder yep. and she's all those good things and, and she loves cheesecake as mm. did my gran and so many people in my, my family. Favorites. So, and my mom's very critical of cheesecake. Yeah. So she'll go somewhere and if she eats it, she'll be like, no, that was cuck. Like, I I'm like the that. same about my cheesecake. So it, it was one of the first things I ever made for my mom mm. and she absolutely loved it. She could have been lying. I wasn't sure, but I thought I'd, <laughs> I'd make it again for our instant restaurants, and it turned out to be really delicious. Yeah. I might make it again. What's super cool is we're actually going to be demoing how to make the cheesecake this Saturday and Sunday at the Delicious Festival. How exciting. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, we're celebrity chefs. We're getting up on stage. Not, we've never done that before, but hey, no, you know. never. You know, we'll make it, it up as you go. It like. doesn't matter that we're at the bottom of the leaderboard. We're going to be celebrity chefs. So we're going to be demoing the uh, first 10 out of 10 dish well on MKR done, South Africa. 
uh, at Delicious Festival this weekend. It's going to be really really rad. Karusha, last question for today, wants to know, what was your mom's reaction? Um, She cried. She cried. She cried and she cried. And she gave me a big hug (gasps) and lots of love. And she's been all over social media talking about how she loves her boys. And and that's that's another point that I want to get to. Um, So the whole experience um, since Sunday, we have received thousands of messages of support since the show. Thousands. Yeah. It's still going on today. The hashtag was trending um, and collectively reached 17 million timelines in one night. It, wow. it was it, Social media was absolutely on fire. One of the greatest things is that there was not one homophobic comment made. Not a single one. And that makes my heart so unbelievably happy. As a gay couple, um, Andrew and I kissed on air and it was shown on air. Uh, I was scared. And don't say that because someone's going to take it the wrong way. I'm joking. I was scared and and rightfully so. There are many, many horrible, nasty people in this world. I grew up being bullied uh, for being different before I even understood what being gay was. And, um, and primary school was some of the worst years of my life. I used to fake being sick so that I wouldn't have to go because... I was just Horror. so scared. Even not just from students, but from teachers. Yeah. There was there was true hatred. And um I was lucky enough to come out the other side stronger and better than that. I've I've I'm in an amazing space. Ever since my first day of high school, I've decided to never let anybody bully me. Um I stand up to what is right and I stand up for other people and and some kids aren't that lucky. So I'm just thankful that that was the reception that we received and on this journey um, because we've been in primetime TV and just being us during that time, yeah. if that somehow gives somebody the strength to be who they really are, then we've already won. That's so inspirational. That really is. That's amazing. Then we've already won. I think it's an immense privilege to be mm. able to represent in some small way um, uh, same-sex couples yeah. and, and hopefully demystify some of the the – the truths. I mean, the honest truth is that, you know, we live normal lives. We don't all run around at the front of pride floats and, uh, <laughs> only on Thursdays. Um, no, yeah, seriously. And I think, I think we I were, think we're very respectful of the, of the platform we've been given in that area. And, uh, it's been fantastic. Okay. But that's the show. Okay, we've, we've literally reached the time. That's Thanks for coming, Brent. Andrew, Andrew and Brent from My Kitchen Rules South Africa. Brent from Good Things Guy on Cliff Central. Carry the good news, girl. Woo-hoo. Uh, we're all here. We're back every Tuesday. We'll be on air, uh, catching up with you guys. If you have any questions, maddog underscore SA is Andrew, myself, Brent Linda Q. And I'm going to play out with this because next week is going to be pretty crazy at the dinner table. And um, let's all thank Taylor Swift for the inspiration. I don't like your little games. This is cliffcentral.com.